Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Today we're going to finish out our summer series, and I promise this is actually the last one. I know I've said that about uh, a couple of them, but this is actually the last one in this series. And today we're talking about being a spiritual contributor. And really what that means is just uh, how, how to be involved in a church. And uh, anyway, it, it's, it's for some of you, you're going to be, yes, this is me. For others of you, it's going to be, man, I really need to be working on this. And so uh, this message is hopefully to challenge some people in the room. And also uh, today I actually get the opportunity to celebrate some people as well. So um, anyway, we're going to jump right into scripture today. And before we jump into scripture, we're going to be in John chapter 4. Um, but before we, before we get into that, I want to give you a little bit of context just off the top. Uh, in John chapter 4, where we're reading, uh, right before the section that we're going to read today, is right after Jesus encountered uh, the woman at the well. Many of us know this famous story of this, of this woman who comes to this well, and uh, she's got all kinds of issues, and essentially, in just one visit at the well, Jesus just takes care of her. That's not the story that we're going to be talking about today, but I wanted to just bring that up, because if you know the context, you'll understand this story a little bit better. And so, uh, so anyway, this is after that lady leaves, her life is changed, and Jesus has been sitting at the well all day. And while he, while he is sitting at the well teaching and preaching and, and give, really essentially sharing the good news with that woman, here's what happens. His disciples were gone all day, and they come back, and the disciples, when they come back, they're wondering. In fact, they ask, they, I literally ask him this question, Jesus, are you hungry? So all of a sudden, they think that they're wondering, well, Jesus has been working all day. He must be hungry. That's where we pick it up in John chapter 4, verse 31. It says, meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, you need to eat something. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, you must be hungry. Eat something. But Jesus said to them, this is really interesting, he said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. I've got something in my life that you, that, that you guys, you just don't understand yet, is what he's saying. And the scripture goes on to say, then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? They're asking, they're, they're turning to themselves, these 12 guys, they're confused, they're like, I know Jesus hasn't ate all day, did somebody slip him a happy meal or something? Like, how did, did he get something to eat in between here? And then he goes on to say, uh, my food, Jesus says, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus essentially says here in scripture that his food, his nourishment in life is something different. It's not physical. When everyone else is concerned about filling themselves, when everyone else is a little bit more self-centered, Jesus says that what actually fills me is to fill other people. And this is a concept that I feel like some of us, we really get this, and others of us, we just don't get it at all. Like, it doesn't make any sense for us to just fill other people. Jesus says, I have a food that you know nothing of. He says, what fills me is to pour into the lives of others and to do the will of God. And, and, and that's kind of a foreign concept, especially for the disciples, to where the disciples, they come back to Jesus, and the disciples are just concerned about consumption. 
They, 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 they're just concerned. Jesus, you need something to eat. We need something to eat. We, we need to consume. And Jesus was not concerned about consuming. Instead, he, he, he contributed into the lives of others. And by him contributing into the lives of others, Jesus says that actually nourished him. It actually fed him. I want you to know that that nature that, that idea that Jesus is pointing out here goes against every bit of really our human nature. Can I tell you that by nature, you know this, by nature you are a selfish person. You are a very selfish person. I would go as far as to say that. And if you don't think you're selfish, you're extremely selfish. I mean, that's just how, that's just how that works. See, by nature, people are selfish. Let me give you an example. Like, you don't have to teach a two-year-old to cry, do you? You don't have to teach a two-year-old to, 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 to cry and whine and want, and, and, and want that toy or whatever they're, whatever they're after. You don't, you don't teach them to scream. You don't teach them to throw a fit. By nature, we're selfish. We're just selfish people. And Jesus is saying, you know what? I recognize that, but I have a higher calling for you. You are meant to do more than just think about yourself. For some of you, you need to know that. You're meant for more than just to think about yourself. Jesus is saying that I want you to contribute into the lives of others. And for some of us, it's hard because we live in this really self-centered lifestyle. In fact, uh, there's different ways to where culture has really took us to this self-centered lifestyle. I mean, one of the really practical ways that I feel like culture has made it all about ourselves is through any form of social media. I mean, social media is all about you and what you do and what you like and what you post and how much better you can be than somebody else. There's a good practical example of how culture has really shifted uh, to, uh, to make us a self-centered, uh, just a consumption-type of society. In fact, some of you older ones, I, I jotted down this example in my notes. I'm actually told that, that uh, when, when, uh, when, you would go, uh, when you would go to McDonald's back in the day, let's just let's rewind. When you would go to McDonald's back in the day, I hear that you could not special order anything. Like if the burger came with pickles and ketchup and lettuce on it, it came with pickles, ketchup, and lettuce. You couldn't say, I don't want any pickle. I don't want any lettuce. And some of you, listen, as a kid, it came with whatever it had on it. My parents were not going <laughs> to say that through the drive-thru. So all of you blessed ones who said, who, who, had that, who had the parents that were like, okay, I'll listen to exactly what you want. We just had, I still, and we're in the, you know, I was born in the 20, you know, I was way after this. And I still had to pick off my pickles. Some of you, you need to get that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> what I'm saying here is that I, back in the day, you couldn't, you, couldn't just, you couldn't just special order stuff until, I'm told, Burger King came out with a very famous slogan. Does everybody know Burger King's famous slogan? Have it your way. Burger King came out with this idea of have it your way. It was it, 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 the idea, and I, the commercial that I looked up, I wrote this in my notes. It said, hold the pickle, hold the lettuce, special orders don't upset us. Does anybody remember that? Some people do. I don't know. Maybe not. But, uh, uh, but, but essentially what they were saying is that you can, you can, exactly what they said, you can have it your way. 
And suddenly, when that happened, it changed the way that we have fast food restaurants forever. I mean, now you can special order just about anything. And that, that's, that's what happened. Suddenly, Burger King changed it to where you are now in control. Not only are you in control, but there's several companies that their slogan is essentially this, that the customer is king. You ever hear that before? The customer is king. Whatever the customer wants, that's, that, that's what we want to give them. In fact, there was this comedian. I, 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 saw, uh, I, I saw something on the internet, uh, this comedian's sketch here. Here's what he said. I wrote this down. I want to read this to you because this really does describe exactly what our society is because this is how, this is how much we try to people please in the day. Here's what he said. He says this. In fact, hold on. I'm going to need a water because I got a lot. There's a lot that he said. Here's what he said. He says, quality, value, style, service, selection, convenience, savings, performance, experience, low rates, friendly service, name brands, easy terms, affordable prices, money back guarantee, free installation, free admission, free appraisal, free alterations, free delivery, free estimates, free home trial, and free parking. No cash, no problem, no kidding, no fuss, no must, no risk, no obligation, no red tape, no down payment, no entry fee, no hidden charges, no payment until uh, September, no purchase necessary, no one will call you, no interest, don't forget to pick up your free gift, a classic, deluxe, custom designer, luxury, prestigious, high-quality, premium, one-of-a-kind pencil holder. Yours is for the asking. No purchase necessary. Our way of just saying thank you that you are that important to us. We live in a society where it, we, we are constantly people-pleasing like this. The, the customer is king. They'll say anything. They'll say anything so that we will buy it or do it or, do, or, or whatever. It's be all because we live in this consumer-minded society where it's all about me, and it's all about what I want. And I give you all of that off the top because it's tragically that consumer-minded society has entered its way into the church. It's not just in the world, it's in the church. Many of you are probably familiar with the phrase church shopping. I'm, I'm, I'm shopping for a church. Some people can never find, you can't find the right church. I just can't find the right church that fits us. We've been everywhere. We've been to 79 different churches in the area, and I can't find one that meets my needs. Can I tell you that if you're looking, honestly, for anything that meets your needs, you're probably never going to find it. Now, I get it. I, I, I mean, I, I, I understand the whole idea. I'm just, I just want to give you this drastic example because there are people who never get planted in a local church because they're always here, there, and, and, and everywhere. But, and, and I understand. I understand church shopping to an extent. But there are literally people who go to 79 different churches and, and decide that I can't find one that meets my needs. I feel like that's where this consumeristic mentality comes into. That mindset it creeps into the church today. And today I just want to give you one of the values that really goes against that consumer mindset. I want to give you, in fact, this value says something that we are, and it says something that we are not. Here's the value. 
I'm going to read it first, and then I want to encourage you, just like we've done every other week, to read it after me. Here's what it says. We are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. The church does not exist for us. But we are the church, and we exist for the world. Would you say this after me? Let's all say this together. We are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. The church does not exist for us. We are the church, and we exist for the world. This statement changes everything. It's just like Jesus was talking about, that our food is essentially something that so many other people don't understand. Our food, what nourishes our body, what what gives us hope, what gives us life is to do the will and to do the work of God. That's what nourishes us. The church does not exist for us. We are the church. We exist for the world. So just like last week and a couple of weeks ago as well, I want you to rate yourself on this value. From one to ten, or how, much, how close are you to the, just a total consumer mindset and how close are you to being a contributor? Here, let me give you some ideas of how this works. Listen, nobody's a 10 in here because every week we've said 10 is Jesus, everybody. So you're not a 10. So if, if you are a 10, maybe we need to have a little talking to. But you're not a 10. Uh, but if, if, here, let me give you an idea. If you're like, if you come into church and you drop off your kids to someone else and you get your free coffee and donut and water or whatever, and you sit in a seat that you didn't pay for in a building that you didn't pay for because you don't give, you don't serve, you're probably, a, like, let's just say a two. <laughs> because one is the devil, and you're not the devil. But let, let, let's just say, if, it's, if, it's, <laughs> if ten is Jesus, <laughs> yeah, if ten is Jesus, one is the devil. So you're not the devil, but you're just a step up, all right? You're, 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 a, two, you're a two or a three. Just go ahead, be honest, circle it. Um, here's, if you're a four or five, you're probably like this. Maybe you've contributed a couple times financially. You, you help here and there. You've been to a few events. Uh, you, that's, you're just kind of right in the middle. Uh, you're, you're, you're a four or a five. Now, some of you, so honestly, there's, there's, there's probably people in here who are an eight or a nine. Like, like you're here every time the doors are open. You're, uh, you're serving you probably not only in one place, but in multiple places. You're trying to help wherever you can. You know, you may, maybe you're, you're praying for the leaders, uh, and you're praying for the people in the church. You're bringing people to church. You probably got the church bumper sticker on your car. That's a plus. Just go ahead. If you got the church bumper sticker, you can just go ahead. If you were really a two, you can just go ahead and bump up to a three, everybody. I'll give you permission. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, you're, 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 but really, there's some of us in here that are probably an eight or an I, that we, we, we contribute every week, uh, that, that's, that, that's who we are. We're, we're, we're a spiritual contributor. Now, if you find yourself, let's say, six or below, I would say that this message is for you. I just want to, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hurt feelings today, but I just want to show you that God has designed you for something greater. He's designed you for, for something so much better than just to consume. In fact, I'm going to give you two easy points today. 
because everyone loves an easy and a short message. And so I'm going to give you two easy points and for you to write down. And let me look. There's my remote. Here's, <laughs> here's two easy points. Here's the first point. We're going to talk today about your gifts for God's church. And here's one of them. God calls you to serve in his church. He calls you to serve in his church. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are gifted and called to use your gifts to make a difference in the church. The latter half of the New Testament talks specifically about using your gifts in a church setting. Can I tell you that God has never meant for the church to be a building? For some of you, that's going to shock you. Because every time that we think of church, we think of church and steeple. That's, that's what we think. That, that it's, it's some place that we go. But church is not a building. Church is the people. Church, literally, in the New Testament, is the group of people. You see, we don't go to church. We are the church. It's not just a place that we go. It's who we are. And just to give you a little history on it, I think it's, that it's really funny that, uh, that over the years, culture has changed the way that we think of church. I mean, literally, when Jesus left this earth, to be a Christian was totally illegal in the first place. It wasn't, it wasn't something that was easy to do. And it definitely wasn't a building. And in the early days of the church, the church never had a building. The church never had property. It, it, it didn't have this place. The, the church couldn't. It was illegal. It was until about, uh, let me see, I wrote this in my notes, 313 A.D. that one of the emperors made Christianity a legal religion. And can I tell you, I'm not against the church having property and having a building. I think that's, that, that, that's fantastic. I, I love that we have a building and a place where we can legally gather together. And not only do we gather together, but we gather together in here and we send people out to the world. That's what we do. And so I'm not against that, but before, I just want you to understand that before that, people wouldn't have called the church a building at all. They wouldn't have even thought about the church as a building because the church was not the building, when they talked about a church, it was about the people. It was about that group of people. And so I'm here today to challenge you so that you need to know that we don't just go to church, but we are the church. And you need to take that personal responsibility upon yourself, that you are the church. And so you say, well, Pastor Noah, if I'm the church, what am I supposed to be doing as the church? Well, let me show you. There's several passages of scripture that show you different things, different gifts that you have as the church. In fact, if you look in Romans 12, verse 6, it lists out seven different gifts. And these are just basic gifts. In fact, I've, I've told you the last couple weeks that if the Bible would try to list every single spiritual gift, there wouldn't be enough pages because there's a lot of spiritual gifts. So there's ne the Bible has never tried to list every single gift. In fact, it, we just find in several different scriptures throughout the New Testament where it shows us different sets of gifts. And so these are great general categories of gifts. If you've got your Bible in Romans chapter 12, verse 6. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts. We all have different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, the Bible says, speak out with it. 
uh, with as much faith as God has given you. Not only is there prophecy, but if your gift is serving others, the Bible says serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you a leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, then do it gladly. Here we see seven basic gifts, seven really general categories. Serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leading, kindness, prophecy. We see seven different gifts. And for some of you in here, you're like, well, my, I, I, I just don't know if I know how I'm gifted. I don't, I, how, do, how do I know where my, where my gifts are? Um, I want to give you this illustration. In fact, I used it in a team night before just about a year ago. I love this illustration enough that uh, I, I, I want to give it to you again. It's this apple pie illustration. So y'all imagine this with me. Are you ready? You're going to have to imagine. You good with that? Yep. All right. I hope, you, I hope you got a good imagination. All right. So I say, say we're, we're all sitting around the table, and one of your best friends, they've got, they're, they're eating some apple pie. The apple pie is on the edge of the table. I mean, it's getting ready to fall off the table right onto their lap. And that's exactly what happens. The apple pie falls right on their lap, and what do you do? What's your first, I want to know your first reaction to if, if, if a mess like that happens. If, if the apple pie would fall on your friend's lap, what would you do? For some of us, we would just start cleaning. Like we would, we would jump up, we would take care of it, we would sweep it up or, or whatever, we would get it off, we, we, would clean the, we would clean the place up. We would do everything that we can uh, to get it back in order. If that's you, your gift is serving. <laughs> that's, that's, what you, that's what you're gifted at. That's just how you're wired. For some of us, um, <laughs> that apple pie would fall on our friend's lap, and we would, just, we, would, we would be on the other side of the table, and we would look over and say, you know what? Uh, I'll just buy you uh, another whole pie. I'll buy you a new pie. In fact, pies around the table for everyone. That, if that's you, you've got the gift of giving. You just, you, you just, you just want to give. Um, if, if that pie fell on your friend's lap and you said, you know what, I can figure out a system that we could get this done in 30 seconds or less. If you go get that and you go get that and you get this and you do that, you probably got the gift of leadership. If you point at all, you probably got the gift of leadership and some of you are probably a little guilty, but yeah, hey, that's your, that's your spiritual gift. You, you have the gift of leadership. If the pie falls on your friend's lap and you just start laughing at them and you're just like, wow, and you're just, you're just laughing, you're like, you know what, to make you feel better, I'll just throw some on my lap too, you know? And just, uh, well, hey, there's some people like that. I mean, we'll just, we'll just be honest. If, if that's you, you're probably an encourager. You're just, you, you just, you, 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 like, to, you like to encourage. You're like, hey, hey you know, I, I know that's not fun, but we're, we're just gonna make it all fun for all of us, uh, you know, and, and that's just what we're gonna do. So maybe you're an encourager. Maybe <laughs> for some people, that pie falls, and you're on the other side of the table. You look at them, and you're just like, I just, I hurt with you, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to miss that pie. <laughs> if, 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 that's, if that's you, uh, it, it, you're, you've probably got kindness or, 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 or mercy. Just, man, I, I just feel for you, man. I <laughs> if you say things like that, then you've got that kindness and mercy gift. Uh, maybe, maybe you are, uh, when that happens, maybe it's like, well, you know what? I, I can, 
let me show you a better way to eat that pie. I can show you a better way. You just push the plate in, and, and I'll, give you like, like I'll give you seven steps to, to teach you how to cut the pie at the right angles and, and get it out. And you know what? <laughs> and, and for some of us, we go as far as like, can I tell you what apple pie means in the Hebrew? And if, that, if that's you, you've got the gift of teaching. You, 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 you want to you teach somebody a lesson. Uh, for some of us, we just see things in black and white. And we're just like, you know what? That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. If that's you, you got the gift of prophecy, everybody. You just, you just see, you see it as it is. You, you can see right through it. And that's, I know that's a funny illustration, but hey, man, I, I, I pray that, you, that today that you would decide to really take your next step to discover your spiritual gifts. In fact, at the end of this message, I'm going to give you all kinds of practical steps to take if, if, you, if, if this message is for you, I'm going to give you practical steps to really help you discover your spiritual gifts. And so um, I pray that if, if that is you, you would, you would take those steps. Why? Because I truly do believe that God wants you to use your gifts to, to, in the church to minister to people for his glory. He wants, to, he wants you to use your gifts in the church to minister to his people. In fact, while I've got the opportunity, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to show you and tell you about some of the people, uh, some people in our church who are using their gifts, some, some great people who, um, who I just want to recognize for really being, for, for, for being this quality, essentially. Uh, the first one is, she was at the first, I believe they, they both were at the first service. Stephanie uh, was, uh, was at the first service, but I just wanted to acknowledge her because uh, you might not know Stephanie because she works a lot in behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, she works a lot in the cafe. She works, man, can I tell you that she started with us at our gatherings when we were just in that little office, and she would help uh, set up and tear down chairs, and she was just, you know, she was there to do anything. When we moved into the theater, uh, she, was, she was there early in the morning to help set up <laughs> how we transform a theater lobby into church. She was there to, to help with that. Not only that, but even just recently, to give you an idea, um, we, as we came back to church with this whole virus, pandemic, whatever you want to call it thing, uh, Heather just recommended that, you know, let's not, let's not use the full team of volunteers. Let's just find a couple people who are faithful and trustworthy and, uh, and who can work both services every week for the next month. And she committed to work both services every week for the entire month of June into July now. And uh, we just appreciate what she's done for our church. And uh, we just want to acknowledge, because she's in the background, we just want to acknowledge her and thank her for everything that she's done. Can you give it up for Stephanie real quick? And please, if you see her, she's probably making your coffee. Uh, please tell her thank you and that we recognize you and that we see you. Uh, another one really quick, since uh, she's, uh, Stephanie's been here since the beginning, essentially. Uh, I also want to recognize a newer face to us. Uh, Kathy Lilly is her name. I believe she's watching online uh, this morning. I just wanted to tell you a little bit about Kathy's story. Kathy came, just started coming to Real about two weeks before we shut church down. Um, and not only she was there, she was there for two weeks. And the and the cool part of the story is, I, I believe I, she came to one service. She signed up for the Real Purpose class. She attended the Real Purpose class. And the week that we shut church down was supposed to be her first week to serve. And can I tell you that that didn't stop her from serving? 
Since then, she's come back, and she has served every opportunity that we've given her. In fact, because she was so passionate about discovering her spiritual gifts in the Real Purpose class, she attended again last week to to just want to help people discover their spiritual gifts because that's what she loves. In fact, at the end of the class last week, she even asked me, which most people never will ask me this question, but she asked me, is there anything else I can do? I want to help in more ways than what I'm doing right now, which you already know, that is a great person. We're so happy to have Kathy uh, a part of our team, and I, I tell you, just with being, <laughs> being at church for just over a month now, and, uh, and she's involved in serving, and uh, we just want to thank her for her service. I believe she's watching online right now, so would you just go ahead and give Kathy a hand clap and thank her for all that she does. I just wanted to recognize a couple people today because I just felt like here, here's, and, and I could recognize a whole lot of people. I mean, I could, I could recognize a ton of people today that have this gift, but I just really felt like here are some people who have what Jesus was talking about. They have a different kind of food. Their food is not to just consume, but their food is to do the will of God. And you're probably like, well, why in the world do these people do this? What makes them want to serve? What makes them want to, to do the will of God in the way that they do it? It's because they understand this value that we don't just go to church, but we are the church, and that we're not spiritual consumers, but we are spiritual contributors. And I truly do believe that God wants every person active in the church. If God would look down at our church, he would want every person in the church active. And I, I truly believe that there's something for everyone to do. In fact, I would go as far as to say that if you're not doing anything in the church, there's probably, then there's, there's probably something that God wants to get done that is not getting done. Let me say that again. If you're not doing anything in the church, there's probably something that God wants to get done that's not getting done because you're not willing to serve. You're not willing to be a contributor. Can I tell you that God wants his church full of people using their gifts to make a difference in the lives of others, and God has called you to serve in his church to make a difference. That's the first point, and we're going to wrap it up with this point here. It's God calls you to serve as his church. You're not just called to serve in his church, but some people are called outside the walls of church. We're called to serve as his church in the world. That's what we're called to do. In fact, I love what Matthew uh, 5 says. It says, Jesus says that you are the light of the world. You're a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine so that the world can see your good deeds. Let your light shine so that the world can see that you are different. Let your light shine so that other people can see that you care about them, so that they can see that you are engaged in loving them, so that they can see that you are different. Can I tell you, it, it's really tempting because a lot, of, a lot of people after a message like this would say, well, well, Pastor Noah, 
you know, we're, we're, we're not saved. I, I feel like this message is all about good works. And, and, and please don't, don't get me wrong. Don't mistake it. I'm not, I'm not saying that we're saved. We're, we are not saved by works. The Bible clearly says that we are saved by grace through faith. That means that you don't have to earn anything to get into heaven. You don't have to do so many good deeds and, and get enough on your punch card to get into heaven. We're not saved by good works, but I totally do believe that we are saved to do good works. We're not saved by them, but we're saved to do them. God has called us to do something greater. In fact, I just want to ask you this question, and I, I loved this question last week, so I wanted to, wanted to bring it up in a different style today. Think about this. In the past week, in the last seven days of your life, how many people would know by the way that you live that you are different? How many people would know that, 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 that how many people would see your light and know that, that whatever you have is just different? How many people would see the light that, that glorifies your Father in heaven? I just want you to think about it. In the past week, did they see your good works? Did your good works draw them in? Did your attitude draw them in? Did, did, did the way that, the, that you spoke to your family, that, uh, that, that, that you treat your husband or your wife, did it, did it show them that, 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 that you are a follower of Jesus? Did it glorify your father or not? The Bible says that you are the light of the world, and so we're called to serve in the church as the world. In fact, since I gave you an example about this one, uh, or about the last one, I wanted to give you a quick example uh, about about this one here. In fact, uh, I want to I want to introduce some some people to you. You probably know this. Uh, you you've seen them around the church. You know Tyler and Katie Askins. They're a great family, and with Pe- Penelope is their daughter, their sweet little daughter Penny, as we call her. And uh, Tyler and Katie. In fact, Katie texted me just about two weeks ago, and she was telling me how they're not just going to serve in the church anymore. But essentially how they are, they are stepping out to serve as the church. In fact, it, it touched me so much, and I'm so excited uh, for their story. I just wanted to read it to you. She sent me, she sent me this text, and uh, I, I wanted just to share. I'm just going to read her text to you this morning. We're really excited for them uh, to step out and serve as the church in the world. I think this is a great example. Here's what the text said. It says, Uh, From Katie, it said, Tyler and I have been praying on how we need to serve. Our life has just become very, very comfortable. I've always known in my heart that fostering was my calling, but I've always put it off because of this and that. But now that we are involved in church, it's really opened not only my eyes, but both of our eyes to the fact that we were made for so much more than the way that we are living. And just know that this is not a decision that we're taking lightly. We've been discussing this for over two years. And our infertility uh, has just proven uh, that God has had a plan for our life that is bigger than what we thought. And for that, we are so very grateful. So, she says, we are going, uh, we, we are getting our foster parent license. August the 5th, we have our home study. Then we are going through our training. And by the end of this year, we will be taking in children and the ages of zero to four. I love what she writes at the end of this. She says, We will be advocating for the children and their parents, and most of all, we will become a safe haven. 
for those kids until their parents do what they need to do to regain custody. She finishes and says, we're so excited about this new journey for our family. I'm so excited for them. It's going to be a really special road. And uh, I mean, Tyler and Katie, I love you guys. I'm so proud of you. You're going to serve as the church in the world. And uh, man, you're going to do some great things. I can't, I just can't wait. There's going to be so many stories that are going to come out (laughs) of you guys just stepping out in faith and doing something that a lot of people don't have the guts to do, quite honestly. So we're so excited for you. We're happy for you to step out and take that journey. Church, what I want to do is not just celebrate them, but I would just, uh, I just want to ask you just to, they're in my, they're on my prayer list this week. I want to encourage the entire church. Let's just, let's just pray for them and lift them up that uh, as they go through this journey, it's, it's definitely not an easy thing to do, um, but just be praying for them as they, uh, as they take their next steps on this journey. But really quick, can we just celebrate with them and thank them for being the church, sharing the light, literally doing what that verse said, shining the light in the world of some kids who really, really need it. Can we thank them and celebrate with them today? Absolutely. Hey, we love them, and they, they could have been used for the first part, too, about serving as the church. I, uh, I, I also wanted to mention today, I mean, it's just, I, I went, Tyler works until midnight on Saturday nights, and he gets to church. They live in Christopher. What time do you have to wake up, Tyler? He wakes up at 5.30. He gets here at 7 a.m. every Sunday. He's not on rotation. He's here every single weekend at 7 a.m., and he stays until this service is over, and he goes to work at like 2 o'clock, so until midnight tonight. So they definitely, uh, man, they serve. We're thankful for them. I'm telling you, it's, it's, uh, we're thankful for people like that um, who not only serve in the church, but then, man, to step out and serve as the church. We love you guys, and uh, we thank you for that. But, hey, with all that being said, um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I really do believe, even, even in that situation, I mean, you, you read all throughout the New Testament, and you see that the church has a huge responsibility. In fact, when you read through the New Testament, I, I, I really do believe that there's some things in it, it that, that we're not doing as a church that we should be doing, and not just us as a church, but churches in the world. In fact, when, when, you, read, when you read the New Testament, you find out that the government really isn't the best organization to take care of the needs of the world. You know what the Bible says? Who should be taking care of the needs of your neighbors? It's the church. The Bible literally says that it's the church's responsibility to be, to be taking care of people in your neighborhood. Imagine a church with me that would take care of some people that are around us. Imagine a church that would take care of a community. Think about it. The, the, the community, the, this area that we live in, would be so much different. I mean, look at Acts. I want you to look at this Acts, uh, I believe it's chapter 4. I'm pressing the wrong button, I'm sorry. Acts chapter 4, it says this, And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. There wasn't a needy person. Imagine that with me. 
What would happen if a church would step up like this and say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to let my neighbor, I, I'm, I'm going to take care of the people around me. You see, when the church sees itself as God is calling us, when the church sees itself as spiritual contributors, here's what will happen. People will look on and they'll say, you know what, I might not understand what they believe. I might not understand in the Jesus that they're talking about, but I know that they sure do believe it and they sure do care about me. That's the type of church that we need to be. Listen, I have a vision for a church that is so much greater than what we see today. Let me just, I wrote, I wrote a couple things down. I just want to share them with you since this really is a little bit of a, a vision message. It's this. I see a church where people give more than they receive. Where people serve more than they've been served. Where people love more than they've been loved where people are passionate about the next generation. That people who don't judge those without Christ, but love them into the family of God. Where everyone uses their gifts to equip the church to be the body of Christ. And they use their gifts as a church to be the light of the world. Can I tell you, I, after all that God has done for me personally, and that's just me, after all he's done for me, I, I, I cannot just sit back and be a consumer. I have to contribute. Listen, I want a church where, I'd I, I see a church where if, if, if our church wasn't in the community, people would be upset because they would be, you know what, that, that church was doing so much and making such a difference. We want them in our community. And even if they don't believe, even if people don't believe in the Jesus that we believe in, they couldn't deny what he's doing in our life. Listen, we're not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. The church does not exist for us, but we are the church, and we exist for the world. So, Father, today I just pray that you would help us show, give us this value, instill this value in our heart. That God, every time that we want to be selfish, Lord, would you take that away? Would you just show us that we are called to contribute? And Lord, we know that whenever we do, man, when we are your church, when, when we act as your church in the church, and when we act as your church in the world, God, we know that that fills us up more than anything else could. It fills us up more than any of our friends could. It fills us up more than any of the, our, our, whatever our business could do. It fills us up more than anything our employer could give us. It fills us up anything, more than anything that the world could show us, Lord. God, by serving your people, by serving our community, Lord, we thank you that that is what brings us life. That's what brings us hope. And Lord, you know, God, it's a world that needs it right now. Lord, I just pray that every person in here who, who feels called to take that next step to, and to be involved in a church, to be involved as the church in the world, God, I pray that you would give them the courage and the strength to do that. We thank you for that today. There's some of you in here you're like, oh man, this, this, this church, this is different. That's a different Jesus than I've ever heard about. Some of you watching online, you, you've thought the same thing, that, that, that oh man, <laughs> that's not who I thought Jesus was. Can I tell you that Jesus, the perfect Son of God,
He came to this earth to live a life that you should have lived. He died a death that you deserve. He paid for every one of your sins. And today, you don't have to pay for those sins anymore. You can accept what Jesus did for you and the price that he paid. The Bible says that if you, would just, if, if, if you would just say the word, that if you would just ask him to come into your life and believe that he is Lord, that he was a real person, he died for your sins, and that he rose again from the dead to defeat death, hell, and the grave. The Bible says if you would just believe that and confess it with your mouth, you can be saved. This morning, there's people watching online who need this. There's people in this room that need this. If that's you, would you just really quick, on the count of three, I'd love for you just to lift your hands really quick. After we lift those hands, we're going to pray a prayer all together. We're not going to ask you to come forward. We just want to see you. I just want to see who we're praying for. Are you ready? If you're watching online, lift, lift that hand. If you're in this room, lift that hand. You ready? One, two, three. Hands lifted all over this place. You want to accept Jesus into your heart. Thank you. Thank you. Church, because we believe in this prayer, would you just pray this after me? Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said, would you give it up for all the people who prayed that prayer today?